Listening to the Bellator Christie podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. God has done it again. <laughs> Ashley's message really comes very similar to the message today. And uh, wanted to, uh, we're actually beginning a new series uh, entitled Ecclesia, which is the Greek word used in the New Testament for church. And so we're going to take a, a, about a couple of months, of course we'll take a break for Easter, uh, to take a look at the church. What is the church? What, what are we doing when we come here and gather together on Sunday mornings? Uh, what is it we're supposed to be? What is it we're supposed to be doing? Why do we baptize? Why do we take communion? Uh, we're going to take a look at all these things through this new series entitled Ecclesia, all about the church. And as soon as we conclude this series, uh, we're going to begin a fresh new series in the book of Acts. I'm really looking forward to that, uh, preaching through the book of Acts. So today we're going to uh, start it off right. We're going to ask the question, what is the mission of the church? What is it we're supposed to be doing as a church? What is this thing of the, about the church all about? So today I want to uh, read the final verses of uh, Matthew's gospel, Jesus' marching orders. Now, this isn't at the ascension. Uh, to see the message given at the ascension, you'll need to go to Acts chapter 1, which is very similar. The, Matthew reports that this happens in Galilee, uh, and so Jesus ascended into heaven on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. So this is a separate message. Perhaps this is a message that he gave, as Paul reports, to over 500 brethren, which may have been over 2,000 people. It may have even been on the same mountain where he gave the Sermon on the Mount, as he is seen by several different people here in a public message that he gives after his resurrection. He provides for us the mission, the marching orders for the church. So we want to encourage all of, all of you, if you will, uh, those who, are, who can and are able to, to please stand in honor of the reading and hearing of God's precious holy words. Now in verses eight, 18 through 20, our main topics, our main points, if you'd like to follow along with the insert of your bulletin, are going to be the verbs that Jesus uses uh, through these uh, verses. So let's first of all start with verse 16 as we go through verse 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. 
Now, the way this reads in the Greek text, it doesn't necessarily mean that only the 11 were there, uh, that Jesus appoints these 11 to join him and perhaps many others at this mountain that he had appointed. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And this doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't really think it was Jesus, but they were just stupefied to think that this man who had been crucified, who had been bloodied, who had been left on the cross, was standing before, the, before them. And uh, they're thinking to themselves, how can this be that this is taking place? And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, here is the great commission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Given is the verb we want to focus on. Go, which is the, is the ver- next verb we want to focus on. Go, therefore, and make, another verb, disciples of the nations, baptizing, another verb, them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching, another verb, them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am, another verb, with you always, even to the end of the age. Your kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word, for your salvation, and for the church that you have created. And Lord, we just ask, Lord, that we here at Huntsville Baptist Church and every other person who may be listening to the sound of my voice by way of the podcast that we offer for our Sunday morning messages, that they would hear these words and that we would all be the church that you have appointed. Lord, allow me to speak the words that need to be spoken. Hold back any words that don't need to be spoken. And in and through it all, Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear, and our hearts that we will apply these things and be the church that you want us to be. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. A few weeks back, I had a chance to go to uh, Calvary Baptist Church West Campus where Tom Rayner and uh, some other individuals were there uh, giving a leadership conference hosted by the North Carolina Baptist State Convention. And I had a chance uh, that they, they gave away some books, and I, and I got a book by Tom Rayner. I have been thoroughly enjoying this, and I think it's by God's sovereignty that I, that I found this book right at this time where we were preparing for this message. Because it's a book called, Who Moved My Pulpit? And it's actually a story about a pastor who uh, didn't prepare, who automatically changed pulpits, uh, and no one knew about it, and everybody was shocked that he changed this classic pulpit that had been there 150 years with a smaller version, and then it was about the things that took place with that. But in this, in this, uh, in this book, he talks about, about the mission of the church and how we need to be focused upon the things that really matter. And he, in that book, gave 15 arguments that church leaders have faced, actual arguments that have, that have caused a great deal of conflict in churches all across the nation. Number one, there was an argument over the appropriate length of the worship pastor's beard. Yes, a controversy over the worship pastor's beard length. Was it supposed to be long like Duck Dynasty or trend real, real short and close? Uh, that was an argument that took place in the church. There was also a fight over whether or not to build a children's playground or to use the land for a cemetery. Use it for the living or use it for the dead. That was the argument in the next church. A deacon accused another deacon of sending an anonymous letter and decided to settle the matter outside in a parking lot where the two were separated by some other individuals in the church. There was also a church dispute about whether or not to install restroom stall dividers in the women's restroom. 
I think the women would want to have the dividers, but there was a controversy over whether to install the dividers in the church. There was a church argument uh, to, to vote to decide if the clock in the worship center should be removed. There was a controversy over a clock. <laughs> the clock was a controversy. Okay. There was also a fight over which picture of Jesus should be used in the foyer. A 45-minute argument, heated argument, was over a type of filing cabinet to purchase, a black or brown one, two, three, or four drawers. There was also another petition to have all church staff clean-shaven. I don't know what it is about beards in this list. Folks, you don't want to see me without my beard. It's become a trademark. You just trust me. You don't want to see me without it. There was also a dispute over whether the worship leader should have his shoes on during service. I don't even know what that one's about. Should he keep his shoes on in the worship service? There was a big controversy over that. Okay, um, There was a big argument over the discovery that the budget was off by 10 cents. The only way this argument was resolved was when a person actually reached in his pocket and gave a dime to the budget to settle the matter. It was over 10 cents, folks, 10 cents. Actual stories. A dispute in the church because the Lord's Supper, uh, the people had used cranberry grape juice instead of the regular Welch's grape juice. Apparently, they didn't like cranberry grape juice. A big controversy broke out about this type of grape juice. And other business meeting arguments about whether the church should purchase a weed eater or not, it took two business meetings to settle whether they should buy a weed eater, which was much needed <laughs> for the staff, I kid you not. Arguments over what type of green beans the church should serve. Crystal, you better watch those green beans now. <laughs> which type of green beans should we serve? It was an argument over that. There were two different churches who reported fights over the type of coffee they served in their luncheons. They apparently went to a stronger blend and nobody liked it, or supposedly some people liked it, but they were saying that nobody liked it. There was a major conflict when the youth borrowed a crock pot that hadn't been used in two years. A major conflict in a church because a crock pot was used by the youth that nobody else had used. Folks, this illustrates the fact that we as a church often get our mission off sight of what it's supposed to be. Is our mission about green beans and clocks and beards and, and, and these other type of things and the type of coffee that's served? Absolutely not. Yet these are the things that divide us. These are the things that divide churches all across the land. And I would say to you, I would submit to you this morning that the reason behind all of that is because we've taken our eyes off the mission that Jesus has bestowed upon us. Amen? We've taken our mission, our eyes off the Jesus. We've taken our eyes off the mission that he has given to us. Understand, beloved... It's important that we have these things in our church. It's important that we have these things for the fellowship. But that is not the primary goal. That's not the primary reason why we have a church today. So today I'd like to give for you six points about what the mission of the church is all about. These six things, we follow these six things, will be right in line with what we need to do as a church. We'll be right on target with what we need to do in the mission of Jesus Christ. Number one. The church's mission is a given mission. In verse 18, notice Jesus says, All authority has been given. Underline that word given. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is to say, beloved, that while we have deacons and while you have a pastor standing before you, not much of a pastor, but doing the best he can, 
while you have a pastor standing before you and while you have the deacons before you, understand that we are not the true leaders of the church. If we are going to be a church following the mission of Jesus Christ, we have one leader, and that leader is Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Amen? We have to get that right. Because he is the one that has the authority. He is the one who has given us the authority to carry on this mission. If it were not for Jesus, there would not be a Huntsville Baptist Church because there would not be a church. Amen? Jesus is the chief shepherd as noted by Simon Peter in 2 Peter 5.4. And it's also the call for us as leaders to understand that we are under the authority of the chief shepherd and that we must treat the flock with respect, with, with goodness, with kindness, and with the fruits of the Spirit. We must be on the right mission, folks, because if we are not, we're going to die as a church, quite honestly, because God won't bless us. If we don't have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you something. I can't save anybody. I can't grow this church. Amen? There's nothing that I can do in my power that's going to benefit this church other than be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. The only one who can grow this church is the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. The only one who can save a soul is the Holy Spirit of God. It's through His power. It's through His leadership. It's through His direction that we can see people come to Christ and come to a fresh new relationship with Him. But too many times, beloved, I'm seeing this all across the nation. I'm seeing this all across the world. The questions we always ask are wrong questions. We ask the questions, does the pastor do what I want him to do? Do the deacons lead the way I want them to lead? Do the... Um, does the, do the youth leaders do the activities that I want them to do? Does our music director sing the songs that I want her to sing? Understand there's a wrong motivation behind all of that. Because it's not about us. It's about Him. Amen? It's about Him. And the only way that we're going to be blessed in this church, not only Huntsville Baptist Church, but whatever church is out there in this world, is if we submit to the authority and leadership of God Almighty. If we're under His leadership, if we're under His authority, if we're under His direction, following His mission, then He will bless us far more than we can ever think or imagine. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings the increase. The Holy Spirit is the one who can bless us in ways we can never imagine. I was uh, at uh, the Beacon Baptist Association a few years ago. Folks, this is more important than ever before. I don't say this to criticize. I don't say this to condemn. I say this because my heart is heavy. Terry Long, he's now the associate pastor of First Baptist Church Charlotte. He was the associate pastor of Mountain View Baptist when he gave this report, along with Greg McEwen, the associate pastor of Bear Creek Baptist Church, said, and he said very clearly, that the statistical data shows that within 50 years, if something does not change, within 50 years, half of the churches in the Yakim Baptist Association will close their doors. They will be no longer able to continue their practice. Half of the churches and our association will close their doors. Beloved, let me tell you, I don't want to see that happen to Huntsville Baptist Church. Amen? And the only way we can keep from doing that 
is to submit to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, follow along under His mission, follow along under His precepts, His commands, allow the Holy Spirit to bless us and move, and move through us and to change this community because, beloved, it's important that we have a church here in the Huntsville community because if we don't preach the gospel, if we don't teach the commands and precepts of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will? Amen? Nobody. That's why it's important that this church remains. That's why it's important that this church succeeds. And the only way we can do that is to submit to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, the church's mission is a going mission. Look what he says in verse 19. Go, therefore. Did he say, sit and be still? No, he says go. What does that mean? That means that when you come in here, this is a training center. This is a place where we come to worship the Lord. But the moment you exit those two doors over there, that's the mission field. You come in to worship, you depart to serve. The mission field is out there. That means the Huntsville Baptist Church, that means that any church that wants to be successful, we have to go, therefore. We have to follow the Lord's command. We have to be a blessing to the community. Now, folks, I know it's hard. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say something today that may shock you. I'm going to say something today that may just amaze you to wit's end. I probably should have been born in Texas because I love football. But I was born in North Carolina, and I love North Carolina, okay? But North Carolina is a college basketball state. Now, this is no offense because several of you here love basketball, but I'm just going to be honest with you, as honest as I can. I can't stand basketball. I can't stand the squeaking shoes. I can't stand the horns blaring. And there's a couple of other reasons why I can't stand basketball. For one reason, to be good at basketball, you have to be agile. You have to be, you know where I'm going with this, quick on your feet, and you have to be tall. I'm not agile. I'm not quick on my feet. Not tall. <laughs> not even close. But another reason, and Stephen, you and I went to the same school. I, I love Pilot Mountain School. I love Surrey County. I, I love it. It was a wonderful place to grow up, wonderful school. But there's only one thing that drove me crazy. I don't know if they do it here in Yakin County or not. But they used to have the middle school classes compete in March Madness. They used to compete against one another uh, in these basketball tournaments. And I loathed the day that that came because I stunk at basketball. And uh, all these classes, the teachers would be the coaches, and they would get all the students out there to play each other in these different games. Well, I was just hoping and praying that we would lose, so we lose quickly, so I wouldn't have to worry about this. <laughs> Honest as I can be. Well, the first game, they didn't call me out there. The second game, I'm there, and uh, they won the first game. My goodness, they did. We're out there in the second game, and the teacher, she looks at me, and she says, Brian, you're in. I said, I'm in what? She said, you're in the game. I said, you want me to go out there? She said, get out there. And I'm going out there, and the other team, I don't know what happened. They're shooting these foul shots, and everybody's really intense in this thing. And they're saying, Brian, you've got to stand over here. You've got to stand over here. And I'm over here. No, on the line. Okay, here. Down. Okay, am I right now? Good. Okay, and so they're, they're preparing these foul shots. And the student shoots it, and I think they make, make the first one. 
they, they do the second one and it bounces off the rim and guess to whom the ball comes. I'm holding this big pumpkin looking thing and all my classmates are on the court and they're saying, throw the ball, throw the ball. The people on the sidelines, they're doing the same thing. Throw the ball. Teacher, she's about to have a heart attack. She's yelling, throw the ball too. And so I hurl this thing as hard as I can. It goes over top of the guy I'm aiming it for. Luckily, another one of the classmates catch it. And so they're running down to one side, and I'm walking. By the time I get there, they run down the other side, so I'm going down this way. Two minutes into that, the teacher finally calls a timeout and says, Brian, get out of here. Fine, thank you. Praise God, we lost that game. <laughs> Didn't have to worry about it after that. But you know, I was perfectly content to sit on the sidelines because I didn't like the game. And number two, I didn't know half what I was supposed to be doing. And I wasn't any good at what I knew I was supposed to be doing. But the wonderful thing, church, is that's not true when it comes to the game of the church. Amen? Each and every one of you have a talent. You have a gift that God has bestowed upon you. And praise God for that. You know, my gifts are teaching and preaching. Those are my gifts. Every time I take the spiritual gifts inventory, that's what it comes up to. Those are my gifts. But folks, you know, sitting in the deacons meetings and the building and grounds committees, I'm glad that we have folks who know about the different things that come to the building and stuff like that because whew, it's over my head. I mean, this morning, Tommy noticed a problem with the pen and the, and the joist of the, uh, the little, whatever you call it, that thing on top of the, of the, uh, the uh, door, that thing over there. He noticed it. I walked right by it five times and didn't see it. Praise God, there are many of you who have gifts that I don't have. So what I'm trying to say to you as your pastor is I need you. The Lord needs you. We have to get off the sidelines and we have to get in the game because we are called not to sit down but to go forth and to proclaim the gospel message. Amen? That's what the church is all about. It's a going mission. Jesus says you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem which means that's the community around them and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's our mission. But we're also to be the church's mission is also a making mission in verse 19. A making mission means that we are focused upon discipleship. We are making disciples in the image of Christ. One of the greatest things that we can ever do, church, is invest our life and invest our time in someone else's life. And that's what we're supposed to do. The church is built to where the older members... on both sides. I'm thinking of Clayt Brown who was my pastor at uh, Pinnacle View Baptist Church where I was ordained. Gilmer Denny, a great man of God who mentored me several times over. Folks, this is what we need. Invest our lives in the lives of someone else. Make disciples. Too many times we welcome people in the church. They come to know the Lord and then we pat them on the back and say, good job, now go live your life for Christ without giving any further direction. That's why we need Bible studies. That's why we need prayer times. That's why we need to come together and grow and develop, disciple others in the image of Christ. But it's important that we remember. 
It's important that we remember that we are making people into the image of Christ and not into the image of ourselves because there's only one perfect role model and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Number four, the church's mission is a baptizing mission and we see this in verse 19. This is focused upon evangelism. Now notice he says that they baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This process of baptism... This process of baptism correlates with the entrance of, per, of a person into the church, which means that that person comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Folks, it's important that we have gatherings and we have get-togethers, but understand, we must be focused upon telling other people about the mission of Jesus Christ, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must tell others about salvation. I must ask you a question today. Are you burdened over the hearts of the lost in your family and in your community? Are we burdened over the lost individuals that are in our day and time? Does our heart ache and burn and yearn to see people come to know faith, come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior? Do we have that burning desire in our hearts? Am I going off? I'm dead. Christ as their Savior? That's the question we must ask ourselves. Are we willing to go out and tell others about Jesus? Now, I understand. Let me go back to the college basketball thing. I'll, well, no, I'm, I'm, let me just bring it personal. I won't do you like that. I'll, I'll, do my, I'll just talk about myself here. With my Green Bay Packers, I'll go out and tell a lot of people about my love for the Green Bay Packers or the Carolina Panthers or whoever else. But do I spend that time telling other people about Jesus Christ. Do you know this podcast actually begun? I, I had a little fun thing I was doing with a friend of mine over fantasy football, and the Lord convicted my heart and said, Brian, you're spending time doing something silly on fantasy football. Why don't you tell people about Jesus? Tell the world about Jesus. Let other people know about the salvation that can be found in Him. And the Lord is blessed, reaching over 190 nations. It's reached over 190 nations for the cause of Christ. That simple little podcast done by an old country boy, Folks, if that can happen with just a simple-minded country boy like myself, what will happen when all of us come together and tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ, become excited about that, enthusiastic about that, telling other people about salvation found in He and Him alone. The church's mission is also a teaching mission. We see in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Beloved, understand something very important. It is important that we teach and proclaim the truth. It's important that we remain focused upon the Word of God and that we teach the whole counsel of the Word of God. You know, I was a little frustrated a few weeks back. It, was, um, it wasn't WBFJ. It was another Christian radio station where, where the announcer said that we need to love one another and not focus so much on doctrine. And I thought, what? That makes no sense whatsoever because that's a doctrinal statement she gave on that, state, on that program. But that makes no sense because, listen, we can love all we want to and we need to love, and we need to love more and more and more abundance and more abundantly. But, folks, the truth is what saves. We must be focused upon the truth of God's Word. We must be focused in teaching others about the Lord Jesus Christ and about the commandments that we find in the Bible. And last but certainly not least, we see the church's mission is a remembering 
mission. In verse 20, he says, Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And he says, Lo, that there's, there's an air of remembrance. He says, Behold, Jesus is calling them back to remind them of, the thing, of this truth that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know what that tells me? We need to remember and be focused upon Jesus. Because we of our own selves, we can't bring a difference in someone's life. We can't change someone's life. We can't change someone's heart in and of our own power. It must be through the Lord Jesus Christ. It must be through the Holy Spirit that lives are changed. And so what we must do is we must keep our eyes focused upon Jesus. Keep our eyes focused upon Him. And you never know, Simon Peter kept his eyes focused on Jesus and he walked on water, something no other human being has ever done. But the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, what happened? He started sinking in the water. Beloved, understand this. We are called to focus upon Him. And it is so true that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I'm reminded of, I wasn't even prepared to say this today, but I remember something Patsy told me when I first started here at Huntsville. She said, Brian, bloom where you're planted. And that's so true. You have a reason for being here today. Did you know that? God has a reason for you being part of this family. God has a reason for you being here, and you have gifts and abilities that no one else has. Folks, it's important that we all stay focused upon Jesus, that we all grow with Him and grow with one another and grow in Him. And when we do that and we focus upon Him and we pray to the Lord, empowered by His presence, then the sky is the limit as to what God can do through us here at this church. Amen? Tom Rainer noted that he was trying to lead one of the churches that he pastored through a process of change. Change is never easy. It's never easy. But, but he was trying this, this process of change, and it was going disastrous. And he had a friend by the name of a, a godly woman, a prayer warrior by the name of Francis Mason. And Francis came to him, and she could tell that he was down and out. He was really bummed out. And Francis said, Tom, what's wrong? And Tom started, Dr. Rayner started telling her about the problems that he was facing. And Francis is one, just like our own Francis, who told the truth. Is that true, Bob? <laughs> she, she told the truth. She said, Tom, let me ask you something. Did you pray about it before you tried it? Tom said, no, I didn't. She said, right there's your problem. He, she said, you didn't go to the Lord before you tried it. You didn't go to the Lord before you brought it forth. You didn't go to the Lord before you tried to do something in, in, for his church. You must pray and seek God's will before we do anything. It's only through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we can see blessings come. We must keep our eyes focused upon Jesus. So what do we do from here? Tom Rayner is a consultant, and I'm, I'm mentioning him quite a bit because this, his book really went alongside with this message quite a bit. And it amazed me how much God brought the two together. But he tells the story of how he met with a church. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee, president of Lifeway. Christian bookstores. He tells the story of meeting with a church in the western part of Tennessee, near where he lives. And he was consulting this church. The church was facing dire circumstances. And he told them much of the same things that I've told you today. 
He told them, he says, you need to become you know, outward focused. You need to focus on evangelism. You need to focus on serving your community. You need to focus on discipleship. You need, you need to do these things. And you know what some of the people told them? We've never done it that way before. <laughs> We've never done it that way before. And he, Tom Rainer told him, says, do you understand what you're saying? Your church is going to die very quickly if you don't change something. The way you're headed, you're going to close the doors very soon. He thought in a couple of years. They said, well, we've never done it that way before, and we're not doing it now. And you know what happened? The church died three months later. It actually came a lot quicker than he even anticipated. But he said in his book, he says, that moment proved to me that, that sometimes people decide to die. Some facilities choose to die. And beloved, I don't want to see that ever happen here. Do you? <laughs> I want to see this ministry be a ministry that goes on for several, several years in the future. So my heartfelt request to you is this. Are we willing as a church, and not just to Huntsville, but anyone hearing the sound of my voice through the podcast, are we willing as the church... To, to humble ourselves under the authority of God and to seek His will and go forth and be the church that we are called to be? Or do we want to wither and die just like that church in West Tennessee? That's the, that's the question churches across the nation are going to have to ask themselves as we enter a time where it's no longer popular <laughs> to be a Christian. It's the question we must all ask ourselves. So with every head bowed and every eye closed... The challenge has been laid out. It's been laid forth. Do we want to be the church that God has called us to be? Do we want to be on the mission that the Lord has set forth for us? If so, let's humble ourselves and follow along with the mission that God has given for us in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. If you're here today and you want to be on fire for the mission of the Lord, I'm just asking you just to raise your hand this morning. If you want to see this church be blessed and you want to be on fire for the Lord, just simply raise your hand right now and keep it up. Several hands raised up. And I pray that you would be the instrument that God would use to bring forth a mighty revival in this community. Folks, it's happened before and it can certainly happen again because nothing is impossible with our God. But it, does, it cannot happen Today, you can't be part of that mission today unless you first know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, why don't you come and receive Him today before it's eternally too late? Dear kind of gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You and praise You for all that You are doing and all that You continue to do. And we just ask, Lord, that You would have Your will and Your way in this time of invitation. If there's anyone here today that's never received You as their Lord and Savior, May today be the day of salvation for that one. We thank you for all that you're doing for us and all that you continue to do. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen and amen. Would you please stand as we sing our final selection.
all the time. Ain't it so? It is a joy and privilege to be in God's house today. May God bless each and every one of you. And uh, The Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights are reserved. The views expressed by guests on the podcast are of those expressing them and may not represent those of the host Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The theme played on the podcast is the song Epic and is produced royalty-free by Bensound Studios, found at bensound.com. Visit bellatorchristie.com and subscribe by entering your email to receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox absolutely free. This podcast can also be found on several podcatchers, including iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We thank you for joining us today. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.